What's going on, Will Freeman, RevolutionaryLifestyleDesign.com, talking to you about the four types of work that you need to succeed in this economy, or in any economy for that matter. I'm saying this economy because we are heading into a recession, boys. Unfortunately, this whole coronavirus thing is the uh, kickstart of that. You can see it in the markets. You can see it in, you will soon see it in, in housing. Um... And the longer this drags on, the uh, more damage it's going to do to the economy. So hopefully we get everyone back to work soon enough. Also, stay tuned. Uh, my next post will be on how to survive and thrive in this recession. But right now, we're talking about the four types of work you need to succeed. Number one is hard work. Okay, you need that in any type of economy. I'm talking about at least um, six solid hours a day to get your business off the ground. Now, most guys will tell you 10. I used to tell guys 10, but I realized... Most guys aren't doing 10 solid hours. They're at work for 10 hours, but it's not 10 solid hours of work. If you're doing six solid focused hours, um, that's a good amount of work. If you're doing, and it depends on your business. If you're a computer programmer, it might be hard to do five solid hours in a day without your brain tapping out. Um, versus if you're running a lawn care business where all you're just doing is mowing lawns and picking up weeds. I mean, I used to do... 10 solid hours of that in high school um, in the summers and uh, pass out at night. But uh, it, 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 it depends to a degree on the work that you're doing. But um, to get out of survival in a business, you've got to work hard. And I don't want to say this, but sometimes you've got to force it. Okay. You're in like the David Hawkins, Lester Levinson. A lot of the time you fall into those lower stages of consciousness quite easily. Ag clap or the, the force level before you can get up into those higher levels. And I have to tell you, it's a lot easier to be in the higher levels once you're in thrival, once you actually have a business going, once you um, have money in the bank. It's a lot easier for me to be in thrival now than it was when I was back in Toronto um, doing 100 cold calls a day forever, doing door-to-door -door in the winter, all that terrible stuff, okay? It's a lot um, harder to be inspired to do that shit, you know? Some days I was using force to get through it. Um, one of the mistakes was I didn't get out fast enough, okay? Um, I didn't get, I didn't push up to thrival fast enough because I didn't have the right guidance because I was in, you know, the wrong businesses. I started one wrong business after the other, Okay, which brings me to point number two, which is smart work. You need to be in the right vertical. If you are in a Subway franchise right now, you're in trouble, dude. You're in big trouble. Um, that whole model, you know, give up your life savings to bet it on one location-based business with relatively low margins, hoping that that pays off. Um get some corporate debt from the banks if that's possible and then you know hope you can make enough to pay the mortgage and be able to turn a profit and leverage that into multiple franchises because I think it, it only really starts to make sense once you're able to have four or five six of those franchises you're able to get um, debt from the banks because they see that you're succeeding and I imagine the success rate on that is quite low. I mean, the success rate on most businesses is about 10%. But with like a low margin service business, you're not risking your life savings. And you really only fail when, you're, when you quit, you know, when you tap. 
So um, that's the kind of business that I like, okay? You can see on my site, 31 six-figure service businesses. There are plenty of seven-figure service businesses and eight-figure service businesses. Um, real estate insurance and financial services are the big ones. Uh, RSD, the, the pickup artist and now self-improvement guys built an eight-figure business from dating and self-help. Um, Andrew from Nomad Capitalist does very well with his expat tax prep service business. Uh, you know, I have clients who, uh, one client who owns a bank who's doing very well, uh, clients who are insurance brokers, uh, developers, personal trainers, coaches like myself. Um, you know, within a service business, once you've mastered your skill and you found the right vertical for yourself, it's really only a matter of like how far you actually want to scale by like, in terms of like, do you want to hire people or do you want to keep it like a semi-sole prop small speedboat with like two or three, you know, employees and really high margins. Um, but you need to be in the right vehicle. And I'm sure a lot of people are noticing like, hey, why did we, you know, during this coronavirus when everyone's working remotely, it's like, why are we spending all that money on, on an office, right? And that's what I've been saying for the last seven years. Um, you know, you want to have those business expenses as low as, as possible, uh, at least in your initial years. And if you're scaling up, um, you're scaling up in terms of revenue generating assets, meaning the people that you hire are people that actually make money for you. Okay. When I was in the currency brokerage business, our branch did $5 million a year. Okay. The company did about 40 million every year. Our branch did 5 million a year. All the sales guys were also responsible for the currency trades and the follow up with the client and sending out the checks. Um, with the exception of one guy who eventually got fired, everyone else was a, was a revenue generating asset. Okay. Minimum targets were like 200,000 a year for the young salesman. So everybody in that office um, generated revenue for that company. Everyone was an asset. There was not one secretary. There was not an HR. There was not anything that didn't generate a profit. Okay. 40 million a year. That company didn't even run ads, not print, not TV, not um, internet. We didn't get one inbound lead. We'd get maybe one a month from somebody finding our website. It was all sales guys making 100 calls a day. And that's how that company was built. Um, again, service business. Okay. Um, another company I worked for that was quite successful was another service business. They ran, uh, it was advertising, online ads. Um, similar, similar method. Uh, did not advertise, funny enough. Okay, it was sales guys making 100 calls a day. And the metrics weren't quite as good because we had an editorial team um, who were, you know, leaking profit. Uh, there were expenses, there were liabilities. Um, I'm not trying to like insult people that, that are revenue generating their job. I'm just saying as a business owner, like if your employees aren't revenue generating, and, you know, you're in trouble, okay? Like, if you have a lot more of those than you do of over revenue-generating employees. 
Um, my client, who was an insurance broker, had two revenue-generating employees and three uh, back-office people. Okay. Sucking a lot of cash out of that business. So, hard work, smart work, being in the right vehicle, choosing the right vehicle, that's the biggest one. That's why most businesses fail. I'm in Eastern Europe. I could walk down the street. There's not one business here I want. Maybe the real estate company. But I don't want it the way that they're running. Like, there's no one outside selling you. There's no one. It's, it's dead. And I'm talking about before coronavirus. The service here is all abysmal. Um, no one's hustling. And most businesses are like flower shop, dressmaking shop. Uh, bricks and mortar businesses with tiny margins, um, poorly trained staff, it, not, not one of those businesses I would want. Okay. You got to think like your ideal business is one that you can be in for the next 30 years, you know, regardless of what happens. Um, I'm going to be doing this lifestyle, the same design thing for the next 30 years. Maybe you don't get 30 years out of an insurance business in, in one form or the other. But um, maybe you do. I think you'll get at least 10, at least 10 to 15. Um, especially for premium clients who want to make sure that it's going to be handled at a high level. Because as of right now, robot can't handle complex insurance deals. So we've got hard work. Uh, we've got smart work. Number three is focused work. Okay. Your whole day should be ideally spent on things that make you money. Okay, like running your ads, doing your cold calls, responding to inbound calls, um, setting up business systems that create revenue for your company and minimize expenses, and delegating, automating, or just not doing the shit that doesn't make you money, like as quick as possible. Like in the start of a business, yeah, you're gonna have to do some stuff that won't make you money. But you want to get through that as quick as possible and you want to stay in those revenue generating actions as long as possible and not try and reinvent the wheel and do a bunch of different things. Okay. Um, you know, if you're running a service business or whatever, it's like keep, keep doing your cold calls, man. If that's making you money, find the most lucrative way to make money, whether it's, it's um, cold calls, door to door, whatever it is. And do that and just keep doing that and just keep adding volume to that. You know, the, the things that make me money are doing these videos, coaching clients and releasing products. I'm going to release my course this year. I know I've been saying that forever, but it's coming and it's going to be huge. It's going to be huge. It's going to be terrific. It's going to be the greatest course of all time. Um, no, it's, it's probably going to end up being like 40 hours, if not more, 50 hours, um, maybe a hundred hours. I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to cut it down, but it's, it's the entirety of life. And that will be the, um, the last product I ever release. I'll just continue to iterate that forever. And then I'll run ads, um, retargeting ads, to all the guys who've been to my website, to my YouTube channel which is the data that I'm collecting. So I'll, I'll like products and then I'll, I'm going to do um, perhaps some group coaching, perhaps not, but I'll at least have uh, a Facebook group for guys to 
work together and be accountable and, and work their way through the course. Still going to be doing one-on-one -on -one coaching. Um, so those are like the only, the only profitable activities because each one of these videos usually pays me in some way. Someone will buy a book, someone will buy a course, someone will buy coaching, uh, or someone will get hooked on me and then watch a bunch of my other videos for six months or a year and then um, buy from me. I had one client who's been with me for two years from one video I did like four years ago called F Networking, why, why networking is a complete waste of time. That video has maybe 400 views, okay? But that got me a client that's been with me for two years. So videos, advertising, um, creating a product and, and iterating and tweaking that product and um, coaching, whether it's one-on-one uh, -on -one or group. And that's it. And that's all I'm going to be doing. Everything else is outsourced, delegated, automated, or not doing it anymore. Like you don't see me doing articles anymore because people don't read articles anymore. I'll do them occasionally. I've promised myself that because I do think it's important and it's and in some ways it's higher quality. But writing a good article, a good long form article takes forever and um, you know, 80% of content's on video now. So, you know, that's the reality. But you want to figure out what's most profitable for you and stick to that focused work. Okay. Number four, and this is the big one, this is why most guys fail, okay? Or they don't um, level up their business to a, to a high level or they don't get to that next level of luxury is courageous work, okay? This is the biggest one. I know a lot of guys who are hardworking who can go to the gym and kill themselves in the gym because it's, it's solely personal and it's, and it's um, a test of endurance and it's a test of strength and they can punish themselves, but they'll tap on cold calls, man, and they'll tap real quick. Okay, everybody, everybody that starts doing cold calls or door-to-door -door tells me, like, dude, this is so terrible. This is so hard. I'm like, that's what I've tried to tell you, you guys. I mean, that's what I did for almost a decade, man, in a job, no less. Okay, but that barrier is why you'll be successful when you do it because your competitors aren't doing it. You know, your personal training competitors are not cold calling people during coronavirus, okay? But you are, because everyone's at home right now. You can get the, you can call the phone book and get remote clients and coach them on WhatsApp. If you talk to enough people, you will find clients for whatever it is, okay? Whatever you're selling. Um, now, granted, if you're a real estate agent, you might not be able to, uh, get clients during coronavirus because you can't show anybody houses. But you can touch base with all your old clients. You can call on, on new people and do video calls about, you know, if they want to sell in the future or whatever. Or you can spend the time setting up your ads, right? But ultimately, when this whole thing is over, the more courageous work you do, Right? We're talking about the work that no one else wants to do. Um, the more successful you're going to be. And that's the number one thing that kills guys when starting a business. The number one thing by a country mile, by a country mile, is lacking courage. Okay? Lacking, and it's not even courage. Because when you start, you're going to be afraid. It's just doing it anyways. It's lacking the follow through. It's lacking the, 
you know, hey, I want to make six figures or I want to take home 400 grand. And then they get out there into the fields and they start doing their cold calls and they start doing their, their approaches um, in wealthy neighborhoods. And they realize, hey, I didn't want the money as much as I thought I did. I, I, I want the money, but I don't want to have to do this. This is terrible. There's got to be some other way. Maybe a drop shipping. I'll do a drop shipping business. Okay. And yeah, you can make good money um, doing drop shipping. I think it's more of a hustle, you know, um, than an actual business. And you're looking for the next thing. And like, hey, I'm sure a lot of guys watching this for a decent amount, you know, have succeeded, you know, have could have succeeded in something that's not a service business. But I do know this, that um, every industry, there's courageous work to be done that your competitors don't want to do. You know, just think about that for a second. Be like, what does everybody hate to do in my industry? All right, are you in B2B? You know, they probably hate going into offices and pitching their product or their service. Probably hate calling people. Um, you know, some people, some people even just doing videos like this is, you know is scary for them because they don't want to have their face out there and, and get insulted, you know? Um, I had a partner of mine who, who felt that way. He, he was starting to do his channel. He's just like, this isn't for me. He doesn't, he didn't want his face out there. Um, you know, how bad do you want it is the question. Okay. Now don't get me wrong that, that cold calling that, you know, that doesn't have to last forever. Okay. Once you get into thrival, you could um, start running your business fully through ads, okay, and, and have all inbound leads. You know, I'm not, I don't do any cold leads um, for this business. I haven't even run ads yet. I'll run them on my product. I wanna I wanna run them on um, something that's scalable. I haven't even really got on the phone to close it. The sales page closes it for me. Remains to be seen if I'll do that in the future. Um, I'd probably have to raise up the price a fair bit if I was going to spend more time on the phone because I, I quite like having my schedule the way it is. But that that came from a position of, of doing a lot of courageous work when I was younger um, to be able to save money and, and courageous work of starting a business, failing, starting another business, finding this one. Um, so you've got the, the courageous work in your business is the outbound, but courageous work could also be the advertising. A lot of guys are scared to advertise. You know, I had a, an insurance broker. I don't think he advertised at all. The business was something that you know, and he was making three hundred grand a year, and he'd been at that business for 20, 25 years. The business then was something that gave money. You know, it's the ATM, but the, but but money per se didn't go back into that business. Because, and it's not to blame anybody, it's because it's, it's, you know, it's scary to to run ads. And then what happens with a lot of guys is they, okay, they hire some, someone to do the Facebook ads, they get, they pay him a thousand a month and they, they test run a thousand dollars of ads, it doesn't work, they're like, fuck. And ads don't work. You know, they're not going to work, most likely, for a while, okay? It's like any other discipline. Like you're not going to be excellent at sales, even if you read my book and you do my course and whatever, um, you know, in your first couple months, you're going to stutter through it because, you know, there's a mastery to it. Um, 
even if you hire an ads an ads master, it might take a while before you find you know the ads that work for you or the niche that works for you, and then you being able to close on the phone. Okay, but again, what do all successful businesses do? They advertise. Okay, um, any successful business is going to have an outbound team and an inbound team, most likely. All right, they're gonna they they're gonna have done a lot of courageous work um, to get to that point. Um, now, I'm not saying that you should build an empire, okay? Because building an empire, you know, creates a whole substratum of problem uh, problems uh, in and of itself. Um, but uh, I, I prefer the lifestyle business or the you know with maybe a couple employees, but. You know, even with an empire, like if you guys saw Greg Cardone recently, I think he was doing 10x all the way up to his 10x conference with Kevin Hart and all these guys. The next day, he found out about the coronavirus. Two days later, he he fired 100 people out of out of 500 staff. He just cut 100 of them, like that. And um, it was the right thing to do. I'm sure. I'm sure that guy. I mean, that guy is so on top of his business that. Um, he's able to make those difficult decisions very quickly and he's able to go through that, the process of like anger, defiance, all this stuff. Like, you know, how could this coronavirus happen to be like, I gotta, I gotta let go of, of a hundred people. And this was the guy who was saying 10 X, he 10 X is firing too. Um, and there was a bunch of debate about it online. Like no one should be surprised if you've been watching that guy for a while, that that's exactly what he did. Um, his eyes are on the prize in terms of the business survival. And, uh, you know, he realized he's going to have to downsize certain areas. Certain businesses aren't, aren't, aren't going to be viable or as viable in this new economy. And, you know, he's, he's willing to say that publicly. Most guys running like larger mid-sized businesses will not come out publicly and tell you all the people they cut. They won't even talk about it. Um, so it takes courage to do like that could be courageous work. Okay. My client who was the insurance broker. I bet I was telling him for a while to like, you know, okay, your, your revenues are 330,000 a year, but you're taking home 80 K salary and maybe 30 K is left over in the business, which he leaves year over year. Um, you know, your, your, your partner is taking home near the same salary as you, right? You're maybe getting... 15 grand from her a year on, on top of um, after her salary and, and her share of overhead is spent and her share of uh, the back office staff to handle her clients. And then you've got three back office staff. I'm like, dude, you basically like it's a make work empire. You know, you just created jobs for these people. I'm not even sure if the back office staff are paying for themselves. Like if there's three of them, you know, they might they might very well be taking out more than they're bringing in. Um, whereas he himself was closing 220 grand a year. You know, he probably could have managed most of those accounts himself. Maybe had someone on board for 20 K part time. If he was willing to cut down the service on the lower end of clients who, you know, let's face it, when they're giving $200 to you as a premium a year, 
it's like they can't go anywhere and expect to be able to call the the owner and and, and be on the phone all day with him about some bullshit. Okay. So it was almost like they had 400 clients and like, you know, 60% of the revenue came from the top 50. The other 350 um, were almost just existed to like make work for the people in the office, like to give jobs to the back office staff to manage those clients. Um, and, you know, I, sometimes the courageous thing to do is, is to cut people, you know. And now's the time. Now's the time. You've got to get your expenses down and you've got to get um, profitability up. You've got to take, you know, step up the courage to get the profit up. And if you're bringing on people on, on board, you've got to be careful about, hey, I'm bringing on um, people that are going to generate revenue, not take revenue from me. Um, because it's just, you know, in this in this economy at least for right now um it's not smart now look this all might turn around by the end of the year this might have been you know we might have kind of a um a rough year and it turns around but you need to act as if we're we're going into a, re a recession here and got to get on top of of those types of work okay hard work smart work focused work courageous work most important is the courageous work because that's the one that, that no one else wants to do. That's the one your competitors aren't going to do. That's the one you're going to want to tap out on. Okay? Whatever you want to tap out on is the work that you're supposed to be doing the most. This is the most important work for your business. <laughs> it sucks, but hey, look, if you do it right, you won't have to do it forever. Okay? One last thing, courageous work might be moving overseas. Might be taking your six-figure revenue service business and... and moving to Thailand or the Philippines or Eastern Europe and setting up shop there and getting your expenses down to 1200 a month while still being able to be comfortable. You know, that might be the most courageous thing to do for your business. So you can ride out this storm and still be able to save a lot of money and put money back into the business and, and, and advertise. Um, something I did back in 2014, it was a really good decision for me. It's not, a, it's not the right decision for everybody, but you know, it's another way to to be courageous and be able to get up there into out of, you know, survival and into thrival. So I hope this message found you well. If you want help with this stuff, uh, revolutionarylifestyledesign.com forward slash coaching. Um, otherwise, let me know what you think in the comment section. Hope you boys are hanging tight in this uh, lockdown. Hoping it's going to be over by the end of this month. And stay tuned. I've got some more game for you coming up next week on how to survive and thrive in the coming recession. And of course, the course will be out sometime this year. Sometime this year. I promise you that. Much love.